happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I have to tell you, uh, like, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved. I lost train of thought. What were we talking we about? We were talking about Stranger Things. Oh my yeah. God, take that out. You know what, Rose? You don't own me. I have never claimed to own you. If there's one thing that the film First Wives Club has taught me, it's that I am not owned by anyone. In fact, I spend my days wearing white skirt suits and um, dancing with my girlfriends while getting revenge on my ex-husband. If there's one thing the film The First Wives Club taught me, it's that you can never have enough Juvederm in your lips. Absolutely. There is no maximum. The limit does not exist. And today on the pod, we have Jack Francis, uh, the artist formerly known as Jack the Stripper, if you've ever followed her on Instagram. We're so excited to talk to her about all things First Wives Club, plus some tangents on Coyote Ugly and other, other faves of ours. Jack is an amazing artist um, who is going on tour, by the way. Uh, check out her tour, Divorced in Paradise, on her website. And I don't know if there's a better person to discuss a, a truly queer canon film. I mean, not even queer canon. It's like kind of fag canon. I don't know if that... if that, Or maybe divorcee canon is what it actually is. Um, I also think this film is lesbian canon because of its like, iconic bar scene. And today we're going to reclaim it for more than just cis gays because this yeah. is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Domu. And I'm Fran Torado. Hi. <laughs> Listen, we had a bit of an ordeal setting up our microphone. Oh my god, I thought that would never happen. <laughs> oh my god, Fire Island, you know, we're on island time. We're, uh, we are on island time. That's the excuse we've been giving for literally everything that's happened. <laughs> no, but like, what just happened, I could do alone in my apartment extremely easily. Yeah. Um, But here... It it's just impossible. was a whole issue. It was a 10-minute ordeal. Well, okay, so I we need to set the scene for yeah. the virgins on, in a couple different ways. So we are currently on vacation. Yes. We're on Fire Island. Yes, and a um, beautiful... Heard of it. A gorgeous transgender home. It's yes. It's truly perfect. We're in a beautiful um, vacation rental, and we are... Uh, recording our, you know, the opening of this week's podcast episode uh, from Gay Paradise. Gay Paradise. We also do both happen to be very stoned. Yes, <laughs> which right was now. a tr- we decided that this is what we. Would yes. Do. Well, I had therapy right before this, and yeah. we decided to use the fifteen minutes between ending <laughs> therapy and starting this podcast recording to get really, really high. Yeah, maybe a little more. Than I anticipated, but I was not are. expecting this. I I only had like th- like three puffs. Yeah, three max. Yeah, and I I don't know. I feel like 
But we're in a good state right now. And this has been a wonderful vacation, Rose. Yes. Um, we ha- Listen, we've been having so much fun. Um, the past week has been amazing. Not just because we've been on vacation, but because we did our first ever live show. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, like, the night was beyond. The drag performers and Honey were so good. They were amazing, but also we were the stars of the show. Yeah. Well, I mean- no, the real stars of the show were... The virgins who came out. It was <laughs> that's so corny. <laughs> I know, I know it's corny, but we know on this podcast that I do get a little corny sometimes. Yeah, you do. And you know, listen, we record this podcast like lit- obviously we're recording together in yeah. Beach House on Fire Island uh-huh, right uh-huh. now, but we mostly record this audience like the three of us, either in a studio or on Zoom, and we have so much fun doing it. But getting to do it in a room full of people with all those performers who were with us like with everyone who works on this podcast involved was so cool and like it came to life in a way that I was not prepared for but was really really excited and moved by yeah and it was also really nice to like decompress with everyone after and to just like meet all of you and yeah I don't know I want to do more yes I love the virgins the virgins are so cool everyone was really well dressed at our show so true the vibes were immaculate vibes were immaculate so tell us where you want us to come yeah or bring us we want to go on tour so like Get your college to bring us yeah, out. Yeah, to send or, us, you yeah, know, money. Yeah. Um, we're down. We're available. Yeah. Anyways, we do have at least a little culture to catch up on because, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, I must be coming down with something. I think we have Minions Fever Rose. Oh, my God. We Someone got the it. doctor. We have neither friend nor myself have ever seen a Minions movie. Not a single one. I don't, I've never seen anything in Not the even five minutes. cinematic universe. I guess that they originate from Despicable, Despicable Me. Me. Okay. Um, same. Yeah. Um, but it feels like the name on everybody's lips is going to be Minions. Minions, for sure. And let me tell you, we need to be sent more memes. We've been getting some memes from y'all about Minions, but like, I feel like we could be, you know. I need more. so many more. And I really appreciate everyone who's been tagging us in Minions memes. Yes, really um, appreciate the support. We love Minions memes, uh, love. but there needs to be more. I don't ever want to know who the Minions are, what they do, what the context is. Like, I don't think I'm going to see the movie. I don't think I'm ever going to see any Minions content. But it's that's not what it's about. It's about vibes. Yeah, it really is. And it's about, you know, let me tell you, this soundtrack was impeccable. Produced oh by God. our king, Jack, Jack Antonoff. Antonoff. Which, like, I, I'm so glad he did it. But he really needs a break. Oh, he, he should be in Fire Island with us right now because the girls have been running him ragged. But, but uh, listen, girl, like... This soundtrack is Jack Antonoff's best work since, what, his last Taylor album? Like, I, I don't even, I feel like he really popped off it's, with it's this. It's very well curated and produced. If you haven't listened to it, it's lots of covers of 70s songs. Like, Caroline Polachek does Bang Bang, it's My Baby so Shot Me Down. It's so good. Um, Phoebe RZA. Bridgers is on it. Diana Ross does a song with Tame Impala, which is insane. Yeah, St. Vincent covering Funky Town. Oh my god, that one. Oh, and um, Tierra Whack. Tierra Whack is actually one of my favorite covers. It, it, it really is a culture. We've been playing it on blast. We have been bumping the Minion soundtrack <laughs> by the pool at least once a day. I actually don't think we listened to it yesterday, which does hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but we'll listen today. We'll listen today. Um, I have seen more Minion pussies this week than I ever expected to in my life. Rose. And I'm embracing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look, this is, this is our culture now. This is, this is what we come to talk about. This is a Minions We are Minions advocates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We are allies to the Minion community. It's LGBTQM plus (laughs) now. Oh God! I, truly, <laughs> so truly, sad. truly, on this vacation, I, ha- oh I have God. taken, I have, t- I've scooped my brain fully out of my skull to <laughs> just be no thoughts, head empty. Empty, girl. There is, and it's been working on. really well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That- We're now on day five, five of a week long vacation, and you know, oof, list out. Yes, yeah, very much so. Different people here today. <laughs> 
Okay, there was something else we wanted to talk about. Do we about. want to talk about Stranger Things a little bit? I mean, we've only watched the first episode. The of first the, part of the new of episodes. The, yeah, we finale. watched episode eight. We still haven't watched episode nine um, because it is the length of the movie Avatar. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so long. We'll get around to it. But so far, I really liked the first part. Spoiler Spoilers if you watch Stranger Things. Spoiler alert. Okay. I'm glad that Papa is dead. I also yeah. like wish we didn't have to call him Papa the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's really awkward. It's really not right. But like the drama was kicking. Like it was really like I w- I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I also loved when they were at the gun store and oh everyone in God. town was just there buying guns. Yeah, like, no, you're like T. Yeah, and there was the lesbian moment. I hope that gets resolved. I have a feeling that Anne with an E <laughs> is going to come back and she does actually want to be with Robin. Also, renew Anne with an E. <laughs> oh my God, on the record saying yeah, renew period. Anne with an E. Period. I can say it now. You're on like <laughs> a virgin. I really liked it. I'm so excited to watch more. Um, I find the Russia plot very boring and every time we're there. I like, disagree. Let's get I, back to Hawkins. I disagree. Winona, you look great, but I'm just not you know it. the the I love Hopper. I love his plotline. I think the Russia thing is so off the rails, and I think that's off. I I think it's amazing because I think it embraces how crazy it is. But I was also gonna say I, I prefer those scenes over the gay scene that we got. Like, what did you think oh of that? Oh my god. Okay, so it took like I don't think everyone who we were watching it with realized that that was Will like confessing his feelings about Mike, but using the language of talking about how Eleven feels about him. Yeah. But like, that's so gay to be talking about your feelings, but in a pretend way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to get more than that. Yeah, I, I really, because like where would it lead, you know? I think he's going to die. No! Who do you think is going to die? Because obviously some people are going to die. I think, either, okay, I don't think Will's going to die, but I think... Something about him being in the Upside Down and, like, his connection to the monsters is gonna come back. They would kill the gay one. He's gonna turn, because, look, we already have one evil twink, Vecna, and now we need another. We need need, There always has to be two. It's like Siths in Star Wars. (laughs) There are always two, Master and Apprentice, and one will kill the other, the rule of the two. Or hemorrhoids. There's always two. Um, who else do you think is gonna die? I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I didn't really predict, to be honest. I think your prediction of Max, I think, is also yeah. I yeah. think Max is she's gonna be running up that hill to make a deal with God no. <laughs> sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, or at least. But the only thing is, they're kind of setting it up that way, so it might be too obvious. Well, that's how I feel about Steve dying because everyone is theorizing that Steve is gonna die, but like yeah. the Netflix literally put it on their billboard, like pray for Steve or something. So to me, that means he's not gonna die. Yeah. Cause they would not, like, I, I just don't think it would be, it's too obvious, but uh, you know, like Wait, the, the Duffer brothers really like to play into tropes. So. Which which one's Steve, the main character? Steve's the with the hair, the one who we saw at, um, at, um, Figaro. Oh my god. Yeah, okay, one time yeah. we were having dinner at Figaro Bistro. Which is um, where in Los Silver Lake. Fe- wealthy Los Feliz um, celebrities It's a restaurant haunt. you should go to if you either want to like sit and people watch and or if you want to, if you need some um, like affirmation that you're wearing a cute look yes. and you want to walk through everyone dining, that's a good place to go. Also, they have incredible steak tartare, but we were having dinner there one time and um, the guy who plays Steve was inside um, with some hot girl. I honestly can never remember any of their names. For me, it's always like Will, like Will 2, Billy. <laughs> Billy. Billy 2. B- Billy 2, yeah. This, the, the one, with the, the one with the long Billy hair. Billy 2, and, yeah. and then, you know. Then but there's he's one, not as hot as Billy. Yeah, and then there's Hopper Guy, and then there's Winona, Winona, Hopper. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Is yeah. her character name. It should all just be, every Stranger Things character should be Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Not Winona 1, not Winona 2, <laughs> yeah. not Winona 3, not Winona 4. She's so good every time. I want her to be in more things, though. She made that um rom-com with Keanu Reeves a couple years ago. That was like, what? it was such a I don't moment when that. it was announced because it was like, they're back, baby. And then no, literally no one, including me, saw it. Oh, that's so sad. Well, I mean, I would watch more things if she would be more things because I think she, Stranger Things is amazing for her. And I and I think Stranger Things is amazing because of her. Well, that's definitely I, the reason it was put on everyone's radars. Yes. Because Winona Ryder yes, was in it. Yes, because she lent her name to it. And I, but, and I, but I also feel like she doesn't need to be entrapped to the 
Stranger, like, I just need her in more movies and, and prestige TV. You know what I mean? I, like, hope, she, I hope she's making a lot of money. Uh, I'm sure she too. is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she is. I'm sure she is. Uh, so, is there anything else? What has been your favorite part of the trip so far, Rose? Hanging out with everyone at the house. It's like, been really nice. Dinners together have been really lovely. I think people, when they think of Fire Island, immediately, obviously, you think, like, parties, vodka sodas, you know, going to tea, like, mm-hmm. a lot of sex or, like, whatever. And, like, this trip has been, I mean, sorry to say it, like, so wholesome. Like, it's yeah. been so beautiful it's, and so community-driven. And It's know. been incredible in a way that I have never experienced on this island because, you know, like, this island is, is like really made for very specific kind of queer people that don't include um, us that don't include us and you know i've always come to this island like as a guest of other people or as like someone just like figuring it out and that's been amazing but to come here and like have a house and like have like fran who really like put all this together to have really curated it in such a way that you know like making space for people who would not usually like have a space like this out here yeah like, uh, all of us doing it together has been so fun. Like, I love being the freak house. Yeah, we are the freak house. And the Poppy Juice house is out here, too. They always, like, cycle fun people through. And we've been, like, partying together and having late nights and cooking gorgeous dinners, ribs. Laurel is making lobster tonight. What? Yes. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yes, she brought lobster tail. Babe, wow. it's gonna be well. I made the eggs this morning. Um, Fran. Okay, wait. Rose made the gorgeous pie yesterday. Um, that you should maybe we should start doing recipes. Oh, <laughs> I will. I won't, but no. you should. Fran made a, a peach, basil, and something blueberry. else. And blueberry pie yesterday. It was, I chef's kiss. And I stuck a bunch of candles into it. And surprised Rose with her birthday. It was my birthday pie a week early? A week early. Yeah. Um, what else has been nice? Um, you know, yesterday we were on the beach and I was sitting with two other trans people and like very quickly we started talking about trauma and you know, to be doing that yeah. next to a body of water is I love it. Surrounded by a bunch of Surrounded faggots. By a bunch of faggots. But like a safe distance away. Yeah, it's been great. I love Fire Island. I want to come back every summer forever. Yeah, I want it's to- just like the movie. And this house is like Nancy Myers level Caucasian. It is like so gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> like- I, I put on a matching linen set the other day and walked around here while everyone was up the beach and definitely felt like, you know, the protagonist in yeah. Something's Gotta Give. And it, Something's Gotta Be Giving. One of my favorite parts about the trip, honestly, Rose, has been, like, putting on cute little fits and walking to the pantry. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you do it. You, like, always look adorable. No, you all, you always come to start, okay? You, you've, ser- you've been serving we in have been. We have been. We are the most popular girls. <laughs> we are, well, I, I'm, I'm the most popular doll. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're the most popular dolls in the pantry. Mm. I love changing, like, five times a day. Yeah. It's it's been incredible. Just doing little variations on yeah. the same outfit. Two Fran- swimsuits a day. Yeah, Mama. Fran has been doing a lot of whale tails. Oh yeah, um, a lot of a lot of uh, you know thong in the afternoon and a you know a, a more modest speedo in the evening. I wonder if anyone is currently like listening to our podcast somewhere <laughs> on this island. Uh, Probably not. Although once on this once island, you say <laughs> we've also been. Um, <laughs> We've also we've also discovered our mutual affection for the the Broadway musical Once on This Island and a particular line from it, which goes a little something like this. I'll find a tree all covered with mangoes, juicy mangoes, fat and well fed. That was it. That was the end. She's cutting us off. I hope you include this, Phoebe. I hope you include well, the way that you silenced just, again. Yes, silent. We will not be silent. Were you silent or were, were you, you silent? Well, when okay. it comes to Phoebe being our producer, we were silent. And I swear to God, you better include all of this, Phoebe. I want everyone to know. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. For the audience who can't see me right now, I'm wearing a Versace-inspired tennis skirt. Love. A $44 spray tan. Um, <laughs> yellow AF1s, a fuchsia Versace coat, and uh, a diamond tennis bracelet. Yes. <laughs> Love. The diamond tennis this bracelet. This is from my aunt, Janet. Can I tell you the story of how yes, I got please, this bracelet? Please. So my aunt, um, she is, I'm inspired by her a lot. She's really free-spirited, super athletic, really artistic, just wanted to travel and see the world. She was in the Las Vegas airport, and she was running to catch her flight, and she was dragging her rolly suitcase, but something was stuck in her suitcase. And she was like, what the fuck is this? And she looks down, and there's a diamond tennis bracelet stuck in the wheel of her suitcase. Oh, my God. And she picks it up, and she takes it to airport security, and she's like, hey, I found this. Um, Here's my phone number. If anybody calls looking for it, I would like them to have it. And no one ever called. Oh my god! So now it's a family heirloom. It's a family heirloom, and she wow. went skiing in the sky seven years ago last week. And uh, I and I got and I took this with me. So oh and you know what's crazy? I never started wearing it until I moved to LA because <gasps> I wasn't worth. I was I struggle with worthiness mm-hmm. I, a lot, and I was always like saving the tennis bracelet for a special occasion or something. <gasps> and I was like, no, every day is a special occasion. Put Absolutely. on that bracelet. That- is yes the power of jewelry i do think um very nicely leads us into what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. this tennis bracelet to you is what the pearls are to the women of the first wives the pearls pearls, which are kind which are really the inciting it's well the inciting incident of the film is stalker channing committing suicide yes but the pearls (laughs) with the the fantastic voiceover acting yeah it was such an interesting choice to me yeah that they used all of their voices yeah in in the flashback yeah it is it is is, so for anyone who doesn't know, The First Wives Club is a film about a bunch of women who have been left by their husbands and decide to get revenge. That is the basic mm-hmm. premise. As played by Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, Diane, Diane Keaton, Keaton, and then the... And Soccer Channing, who kills Soccer herself Channing. in the yeah. first scene. But yeah, yeah, you're right in that the prologue of the movie where they're all, you know, young when they meet at college and form their lifelong friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, the actresses do dub all the younger actors. Yeah. And it is extremely uncanny yeah it's it's a, it's an interesting choice yeah was this movie like important to your childhood um like when did it come into your life or like what were the for- what are the formative elements of it honestly i love i've never really connected with romantic partnerships as a plot line that i really was drawn to mm, in in film and narrative like i i'm much more interested in ambition and uh, friendship mm-hmm. <laughs> as like things that drive a plot, mm-hmm. and this movie was all about like girlfriends coming together to support each other. Yes, sisters and, are doing it for themselves. Yes, and the the wardrobes were great, and that they all went off to do different things and then came back together. That just seemed like a real fantasy to me. And um, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley isn't it as as the new wife? I just yes, I, I just I. I think just the story of them all coming together and at the end having their community center and then wearing power suits and singing at the end. I was like, that's the happy ending I want in my life. My happy ending is friendship. My happy ending is community and connecting with my girlfriends and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And that was honestly one of the first movies where 
I, I saw that as an opportunity, as something that was a possible, as a happy ending where they didn't drive off the cliff at the end. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, which Louise, is another one of my favorite movies. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite movies as well. Me too, Faith. And I love the ending because mm-hmm. I think the ending was a really bold choice, but like, I, I like happy endings. Yeah, me too. I also yeah. like similarly, like, I have a hard time latching on to like, you know, romance plot lines and like, for the engine of this movie to be revenge yeah. is very like that is my tea. Honestly, yes. we were just talking about the <laughs> the Northman, that Nicole Kidman movie that came out, yeah. and the whole the engine of that entire movie is revenge, like yeah. crystal clear. And I was just locked into a movie that I normally would not be, you know, concerned with because revenge as a concept, I think, is very amazing. But also in revenge movies, like I think you eventually have to reckon with what comes after revenge mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i think is very much the end of this movie because they mm-hmm. they realize you know kind of at the last minute that just getting revenge on their husbands is not enough they actually want to do something that helps the world yeah um they're paying the, it forward and how it brought them together yeah you know this challenge that they were all facing and they also they were all suffering in silence right they were all getting together and being like i'm fine i'm fine when in reality everybody was really struggling and needed support yeah and getting together with your girlfriends and having a moment a really staggering moment to realize that like hey i'm gonna be vulnerable and share something that i am not proud of or that makes me uncomfortable or that i'm ashamed of and and then everybody shares something similar mm-hmm. well that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is you know so they they go to the fun- they go to stalker channing's funeral and have brunch afterwards mm-hmm. and they're all kind of telling these like spinning these bullshit you yeah. know stories about their lives and you know after a couple bloody marys the truth comes out mm-hmm. and they realize they're all fucking miserable and decide to team up and do something about it and yes. who hasn't had that experience of like you even even with the people you're closest to you want to spin you want to mm-hmm. present the best version of yeah. yourself um but usually when you finally let that guard down and are like okay actually everything fucking sucks right now yeah. that other person if they're really a good Judy they usually are going to meet you halfway and be like yeah my life fucking sucks right now too yeah, yeah. And I had a moment exactly like that that strengthened me to make some really significant changes in my life. What was the moment? I was um, at dinner. It was like a COVID dinner in New York outside, cold as shit. We're all Ugh. wearing like 55 parkas. God. <laughs> right? And um, a couple of, and you know, my art camp collective, it was a couple of us. And we were getting ready to go wheat pasting. We like go and like put up art at night. Like, cool. Like dark. It's fun. You know, do art. Make crimes. Make, yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh and uh, one of the girls was talking about um, a challenge she was having with this chick she was seeing. And it turned out it was the same problem we were all having. <gasps> and we had never, we'd been friends for two years and none of us knew that we all had the same challenge <sighs> with our partners. And now I'm divorced. <sighs> And I wow. hadn't I hadn't left my marriage yet. So and like everybody has challenges, right? It doesn't really matter. Like everybody has challenges. They're they're pretty normal. I think normalizing our problems is really important mm. and not stigmatizing them and not blaming, just being like, Yeah, this is a challenge and like you can fight through it or you can you can remove yourself from the situation. You have options. But mm-hmm. it's it's nice to talk about the options with your girls. Yeah. I yeah. mean I exclusively have to workshop things with my girls. There are things that like yeah. obviously my therapist can help me with, but like it's like, no, my girls are gonna give me the real real. Yeah. Because they like, are. therapists, I mean, I, I know that there are like, you know, actual professional reasons why you can't just tell me what to do. Because, But like therapists just don't tell you what to do. Sometimes they, uh, sometimes you, I need a therapist to be a little prescriptive. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a similar problem mm. with yes. mine in that she is more of a sounding board. Yes. And like my therapist, my therapist is really good at being that person who is saying, I'm an objective voice telling you that the thing that you're thinking about your life is not crazy. You're not blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you the tools to deal with it. Yeah. But sometimes I want to say like, can you just tell me what I should do in this situation? Or also sometimes yeah. I need my friends to your just be like... Your therapist can't tell you what to do. And yeah. your friends can. But also I do find like you have to find that balance with your friends because I don't always want every conversation I have with my friends to be processing, to be talking about trauma. She's talking about me. She's, she's, she's dragging me. She's dragging me because no, 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 I am no, that girl. No, I'm talking about how I show up to our friendship. I don't mm. always want to show up to my friends and be like, I'm going to spend the next hour that we're talking talking about everything that's going on in my mm-hmm. life. You know, we should... That should be part of it, but it doesn't always need to. Like, well, yeah. there's also a very big difference between coming to your friends because you want to vent and coming to your friends because you want to problem solve. Mm. Because, like, if you come to me, 
I'm not just going to let you vent. Unless you tell me yeah, that that's what you need. Yeah. But, like, if you come to me to complain about something, yeah. I'll hold space for it very quickly. And then I'm going to be like, okay, so what's the game plan? Yes. Let's, let's do this. Yes. Yeah. And I, I yeah. not everyone wants that. You know, like, not everyone. Yeah. Sometimes no. people just want to externally process, and that's yeah. okay, too. Th- that's and big... I, unfortunately, have this, like, logic mechanism in my brain yeah. that I can't turn off. You do. Just... But you can mm-hmm. turn it off. I have I this, can, yeah. I have this problem a lot with my mother where I go to her and... It kind of is like maybe a little similar to Diane Keaton's relationship with her mother in the movie. I go to my mom and I want to vent about what's going on with me. And what I want from her is her to go, oh, no, sweetie, that's Mm -hmm. awful. I'm so sorry. That sucks. But my mom is like, well, here's what you should do. Here's the plan. How do we spin this? Like, And I just sometimes have to say to her, I please don't do that to me right now. I just want you to like do the whatever, like conversation version is of like stroking my hair and telling me it's all gonna be okay yeah 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 and i'm like you fran i like i'm like okay we're gonna mood board this yeah (laughs) yeah we're gonna make our well for me it's and this is what like first wives club is about is like yes you can vent but creativity is healing yeah having a project a thing to do if it's revenge but it's like it's not especially if it's ruining someone's life (laughs) that's healing you know it's funny because i don't really really creative with so not a memory of like ruining their ex-husband's lives through their project to me the the remaining like yes it was kind of the initial motivation but it was really all of them finding purpose and work together. And they also knew that their husbands were corrupt. Like yeah, they, yeah, they their, are all. They weren't going to hurt them. Fucked. Exactly. They weren't doing. They were something just showing to men them who were just like fine. They were just giving them a taste of their own medicine. Yes, yeah. it's very satiating. It one is. Of them, it one is. Of them was, it's not yeah. cruel. It's yeah. just how it is. I mean, one of them was fucking a teenager. One yeah. of them was. Uh, scamming people and like selling stolen property. Right. Yeah, and then one of them was fucking. Their Sarah couples Jessica counselor, totally. Sarah Jessica Parker. Wait, Hot. which one? Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker was with Morty, who is oh. the scammer. Oh, right. oh my god, she's so good in that. Uh, she's she so and so good. sexy. So yeah. hot. It's All pre of the... Sex in the City. Yes. Sarah Jessica Parker. Pre Sex in the City. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Revenge is. I think. I think it gets a bad rap, but I actually think it's a very productive motive sometimes mm-hmm. like I think there's something I think you were saying earlier like the way they paid it forward like I think that is an effective way to kind of work through something in a revenge like in yeah. a, with the revenge path have either yeah. of you ever gotten revenge on somebody because <laughs> I think I have I feel like 80% of my success is like a product of like revenge. Well, I do I do subscribe to the idea that living well is the best revenge. It is. I don't know that I've ever enacted vengeance on someone. I certainly have let things play out in a way where someone who did me wrong got what was coming to them. And mm-hmm. I also have let my life play out in a way where my own success has proven people who have done me wrong wrong and to me that is the best kind of revenge yeah i'm gonna echo that sentiment love i mean i'm not <laughs> I, I, camp, I will yeah, say I, I definitely like i i feel like uh, i was like hustling my way through my first like years in new york being like I'm going to prove every single high school bully that mm-hmm. I ever had, yeah. like, that I can be successful. Any person that ever didn't believe in me or whatever. But beyond yeah. that, I actually, I mean, I'm going to be very vague because I I don't want this to get back to the person. Mm. But one time I was seeing someone for a while. Like, I was super duper, like, in love with this person. And we broke up in a way that was, like, just not amicable. And they did something that was, like, very shitty on the kind of quasi-cheating level that was just, like, very painful or whatever. And I forgot about this person for, like, years. Good revenge. Yes, yes, Forgetting. yes, yes. <laughs> the, the best revenge happens yeah. years later. And mm. I also think... It's a dish best served cold. Yes, mm. exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I ended up hooking up with this person years later in New York while they were seeing someone else. So they were cheating on their new partner while hooking up with me on the side. Hot. I know. I'm not proud of it, but I I'm but I also don't care. Um and one time I got into an Uber pool. Remember Uber pools? Yeah. Like yes. I was getting like, an adventure awaits. I know. Oh my God. 75 oh my God. minutes to it's, get home. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so fun to pay three dollars and seventy six cents yes. to to sit in the back seat of a Toyota Camry oh my God. 
with two people who are doing meth and trying to yeah. figure out if you want to come home with them. Yes. Oh, my God. And you're like, I'm just trying to get to the airport. Yeah. yeah. And this was like an era of nightlife where, like, I only took Uber, Uber pools. It was all I could afford. And, mm-hmm. like, I got into an Uber pool and sat there for, like, three minutes. And the, the woman next to me goes, like, are you Fran? Or whatever, and I was like, "What? Okay, now I have to have a conversation with this person." And this person was like, "Oh, I'm... I would have gotten out." Yeah, but this person was like, "Oh, I'm mutual friends with blank this yeah. person that I was this new person that I was hooking up with." Oh my god! And they were like, "Oh yeah, he seems like super happy. I'm really good friends with him and his partner, and blah blah blah. They seem so happy, or whatever." And I think I was a little drunk, and I was I remember being like, you know, I have known blah 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 for a very long time. And I will say, like, I don't think he's being true to his partner or whatever. And I basically planted a very small seed that was just like, (laughs) I don't like this person is kind of maybe cheating on your friend or whatever Mm. with me. (laughs) But like, I didn't say that. But I like and and then like, I never saw that person again. And like, I think we stopped hooking up or whatever. And I don't know if it ever got back to that person. But if it did, it's like years later revenge, basically. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know what is part of all this, like, living well is the best revenge is something that I feel is is very much a product of, of knowing that that is something that I am... Uh, striving for is mm. when I go and look at who watches my Instagram stories. Yeah, that is. It's it. like an, it's like an intricate little like vanity yeah. exercise, or like yeah. or like I go and scroll through my social media, looking at it as if I am a person who is looking at it from the outside mm. and trying to understand the story it tells. I do think that social media, like by and large, is a byproduct of that idea of wanting to, you know, stick it to the people who have stuck it to you I try not to look at, like, my story views, but I do often see (laughs) my people that have sexually, you know, ghosted me watching every story. And I'm like, you can't get enough. No, no, it's hot. You put on a great show. I put on a great show. You do put on a great show (laughs) and that's appreciated. Yeah. And there's so much value in putting on a great show. Yeah. You know, entertainment has so much value. People, it's really vulnerable to put yourself out there. And a lot of people just can't do it. And like on topic, I do have divorcee energy. Like I feel like a lot of the things. What does that mean to you? I think I feel like a lot of like what I, I feel like I'm kind of like a very 
like, I don't need a man. Like, I'm just a solo queen or yes. whatever. Kind of like Eartha Kitt, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. Fran Leibovitz. Who See, are people yes. that were needed men? Yes. I actually think you have second wife energy. Oh, I do I have oh. second wife energy. I think energy. You're, you're more of the Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> I would love to be a situation. trophy wife. I'm too smart to be a trophy wife, though, but I would love to be Wait, a trophy I'm gonna wife. Wait, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, what is you a trophy are, wife? You are okay, a thembo. too smart. That's, that's horrophobic. It is yeah. horrophobic. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, call me in. Yes, call I'm me calling in. you in. Tell me why. You are not too smart to be a trophy wife. I've learned so much from trophy wives. A lot of yeah. A lot of people I really care about, love, and trust have taught me a lot about worthiness. Because mm. I think trophy wifery is just like full-time sex work. Kind of, And yeah. it's one client. And, like, you can agree or disagree, but, like, somebody's taking care of you and paying for your life and you can get your nails done and all that stuff or whatever it is it yeah, means to you. Yeah. but. I think it's just kind of owning the job. Yeah, it's a kind and of not it's, apologizing. It's a kind that, of sex exactly. work that is legitimized by our social structure, right? Because you got a man, so you're legit now. And it's yeah. also super problematic, right? Because like now, like the trophy wife exit strategy is kind of like what a lot of strippers want. Honestly, right? being like a a wife in a heterosexual relationship, even sometimes, like I think a lot about that that Paris is burning clip. Where that girl is like, that there's a sex worker in Paris is Burning and she's kind of giving a spiel to the camera and she's like, why is what I do like any different than the wife who really mm-hmm. wants that washer and dryer mm-hmm. and the man, does, her husband doesn't want to give it to her, but she's going to give him what he wants that evening. And so the next morning he buys the washer and dryer. Like, why is that any different than what I do? Like, I think a lot about that. Clean you know? clothes are amazing. Do you ever watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I don't. Ugh. Okay, so that is trophy whiffery mm. to the like nth degree. Not all not, of them. Not all of them because a lot of them, the women are are the ones who are bringing the mm. capital to the relationship yes. as in First Wives Club because, yeah. you know, you have Goldie Hawn who is this Oscar winning actress who is the one who made her director husband's career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have Bette Midler who says like she's the one who supported mm-hmm. her husband right. until he became successful. Yes. And yes. once he yes. gained success, that's when he left her. Yeah. And then Diane Keaton, who like, you know, we don't really know what her deal is, but like she has a very nice apartment. So I'm she's sure still she's sleeping fine. with her ex husband. She's still sleeping with who her ex husband. Who doesn't love her anymore. Um and ends up buying his advertising agency, I think because she maybe got out of the business to have their child. That's maybe what we're supposed to understand is like she let him be the one who focused on his career while she mm-hmm. focused on more domestic pursuits. So raising a lesbian. Yeah. Raising a oh my God. I, <laughs> iconic. This is <laughs> the lesbian <laughs> RC. I mean, yeah. I'm just now thinking of like where what this movie meant to me and the ways that I experienced it as a child, like definitely younger than I should have. I think I probably saw it for the first time on HBO. It was definitely on HBO a lot yeah. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think like the things that I responded to were these fabulous women. I think also because I was a child of divorce, mm-hmm. there was something in it that I like was like like calling to like. Mm-hmm. Um and then also all the gay stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot yeah. of gay stuff. There's a lot of the gay, gay stuff. as revenge. Leah also. Delaria I feel is like, in this movie. I feel like gay as revenge. I, you know, this is like I still struggle with my like identity sexually. Not struggle. I don't struggle with it but anymore. But but it's my who I want to fuck. Right yeah. is basically is sexuality to me. Yeah, it's yeah. also personal expression. But it's always changing. Yeah, it's always like who I, what I'm attracted to, what I want to call in, who I think is intriguing. Mm-hmm. It's it's changing because I'm an Aquarius and I get bored, so I of like course. it to change. So what does that mean with my sexual identity? I I don't know, but like the whole like gay as re- as a revenge, like daddy, I'm a lesbian, a big one, you know, yeah. like as to fuck with him. Like part of me was like, that's fucking amazing, and part of me was like, wait, what? It's because yeah. it's written by a straight person. Yeah, right? like, I mean, like I w- that's the worst possible thing this man could hear is that his daughter yeah. is gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if the uh, yeah, exactly. If the conflict is queerness, like that is. Like, well, but it was 1995, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. It was a 90s movie, and I still love the movie. Nothing's perfect. So, yeah, no. nothing's perfect. Yeah, there's plenty of things that aren't perfect mm-hmm. about it, but it like is it's perfect. very long. It's, is it? It's, it is a little it's, long. It's it's a little long. Is it? I I loved every minute of it. You know what else is really long? Nine to five, which is kind of in the oh, same such camp a good, of movies. That's another real that's game also, changer like, for this me. Movie's long. I mean, I enjoy mm-hmm. every minute of it. But like, and how they wrote that movie too, how it came together. Oh my god! Like apparently, I have I fangirl really hard on all of those actresses, right? So 
Um, apparently they really did all smoke pot and talk about the fantasies of what they would do to their boss. And that's how they wrote those scenes. No way. Yeah. <gasps> I think they were all smoking pot. Who was the, who was probably Lily, with, Dol- Lily, probably probably. with Jane. Yeah. Well, they're all stoner. Well, no, Dol- I, I think don't know. Lily would be the one to bring it out. To bring the weed. Yeah. yeah. To bring and apparently it that was like a real, they really did interact and like have that moment. And that's how they wrote it into the movie, which is how I make my movies is I really just write what really happened in real life. And then I. And then I hired her crew. Names. And Jane yeah. was like the engine that made that movie happen. Yes. And I remember she brought in Lily because she was because she was a lesbian. She was like, Lily brings that it factor. She, yes, you know, she, does. It, she brings in a, a certain audience. Yes. She's not your average woman. Like, this is like perfect. And then, of course, like she brought in Dolly. I think they had already worked together or something. But like, Do- wasn't that Dolly's first acting role? First and only. First. Well, and- no, not only. No, no, no. And she's no. phenomenal. She did. Amazing. Oh yeah, she did Beck's Best Little Whorehouse. Yes, she did. Yes, of oh, course. Such a good movie. Yeah, yeah, That's so a, good. Yeah. Um, I love also, but yeah, that that movie's so good. And she, I remember, didn't she like? Didn't Dolly write the song by? She m- she did her the nails, nails like like the she. I can do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. She did that. She wrote it, and she was like, I got this song idea. And then she went up to Jane and Lily. It was like, what do you think? And she sang it with, and did the rhythm with her nails. And they were like, and they were like it's a hit. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was, and it is. It Honestly, is. it was the um, probably like a, a, an eminent part of like what happens when you when a song defines movie promotion or whatever. Because that movie, that song was everywhere along with like the movie's promotion. And it reminds me of like... Um, Hold My Hand by Lady Gaga <laughs> and Top Gun Maverick. Or I was going to say... Um, Survivor for Charlie's Angel. <gasps> oh no! Wait, was what was the yeah. song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For no, it was Independent Woman. Independent Woman. Sorry, sorry, sorry. For Charlie's Angel. That was like kind of the moment. Yeah. Um, Cameron D and Destiny. Yes, I also love that one when we at, when we emailed you and asked you about topics. One of your alts was Coyote Ugly. Oh yeah. I which to me we got it. I I would love to talk about Coyote Ugly yeah, too. I mean, just a little tangent. Okay. Yes. To me, canonically, Coyote Ugly. I don't know why this is, but it's a Thanksgiving movie. I always watch it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love that. And like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Where well, the they're all sitting of... around the table counting money together, yeah. eating yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. It's wearing layers. It's a movie about chosen family. <laughs> it is a movie yeah. about chosen family. That movie made me want to be a stripper, <gasps> hands down. Yeah. I mean, it was a bunch. Because remember that when Tyra Banks is like, we made $300 tonight. And she had all this cash. And all these girls were sitting around the table. No Romantic plot line. Be gone. Not that interesting. test. It was girls hanging out together talking about money. And this is what I like to do. I like to hang out with my girls and I like to talk about how we're going to get money. And that, and they all looked hot and they were slutty. And I wanted all of those things. Yeah. And, and then, some amazing music. Camp yes. the Moonlight. And she's an artist. She becomes, she does this job because she needs the gear to make her music so that she can be a songwriter. Because being an artist costs money. And yeah, time. It literally is. Yeah. And t- time to do it. So you take these jobs that are higher paying so that you have the time and the freedom to create your art. And I just saw her doing that. I remember on her like Apple computer that was like the new. Remember they came out and they all had colors? Yes. Ugh. And I was just like, I want to be hanging out in my New York loft, like making a bunch of cash and making art. Oh, and when she gets robbed. And when she gets she robbed. keeps the money in the freezer. Yeah. And they find it. Yeah. But then she rebuilds. Uh, oh, and also her best friend is played by Melanie Linsky, who like Melanie played- Linsky. Who played those kinds of roles yeah. for literally decades before she's now getting her flowers yeah. <gasps> in Yellow Jackets. How? When did you remember when you saw Coyote Ugly? Like how old you were or like? I was probably like 11, 10. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, what year did it come out? 2000? I turned 14. I think so. It's okay. a very it's a very. So I was 13 or 14. Oh my gosh. Maybe. So like decade, little did you know that like a decade later or however long it was. Yeah, like, literally a decade later. I became like, a stripper at 23. And like, yeah. at, and not just, I mean, like literally like you are sitting at home idolizing like strippers on yes. Coyote Ugly and yeah. then like, you know, years and years later, J-Lo would be motorboating you in yeah. Hustlers. Yeah. Like truly, like that is the full circle it moment. It is the full circle moment. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. When you, you walk differently after J-Lo fills you up. <laughs> it changes your whole I have life. to, I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, we can take it out if you don't want to talk about it. I would love to know more about like just being on Hustlers. And I remember after the movie, shortly after the movie came out, you wrote a really long, super thoughtful, like kind of Instagram Mm-hmm. story post just about the nuances of like that movie's relationship to like sex work and like yeah. your relationship to it like what yeah. was the story of like being a part of that movie it was amazing yeah it was my big break literally i got an email around my birthday around my 31st birthday i think 
uh, saying, hey, do you want to audition for Hustlers starring Jennifer Lopez? And I was like... And also every other star in existence. Yes. And I remember, I think I was driving or something, and I was like... I'm going to be in that fucking movie. Yeah. I just said it. I was like, I'm going to be in this fucking movie. So I audition and I meet Lorene Scafaria, the writer and director mm-hmm. who I really admire, who mm-hmm. is a badass. Mm-hmm. And um, I do the audition and then they offer me the part and they're like, also, will you be the intimacy coordinator? <gasps> oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. So I was like, sure. And we called it stripper consultant, comfort consultant because there weren't sex scenes. Yeah. We weren't simulating sex, but like they needed help, you know, making the stripper scenes real and yeah. so I was there so J-Lo was like what would I say in a situation like this and like how would I move and like you know what is this like and like what would I say to a guy in this and I just sort of you know she asked a lot of thoughtful questions and she didn't need that much help she's Jennifer Lopez of course we like, just um, call them all scum yeah and, well uh, I was like I was like well I told her she was like what would I say if Usher walked in the club and I was like ask him his name yes <laughs> I and it went in the movie that was the cut she's like what's your name you know? so it's like, that's what you have to do when there's somebody who's big you gotta act like they're just a regular person love that yeah. that's so amazing and uh, it was a great scene it was such a cool experience uh, I wouldn't have traded it for anything you know cause it I wanted I've always wanted to be in movies and make movies and that was my opportunity and that's a pretty good one yeah it is yeah, and do, it, you th- do you think it's a really like fair and thoughtful depiction of that industry of the industry or, or, no or, there's I mean, not one your, movie of your experience I, I did not scam a bunch of guys out of that much money but let me tell you i wish i did <laughs> yeah right i wish i did i because i remember when that cut article came out and i was working in the clubs in manhattan and look Stripping in Manhattan is the hardest shit. Yeah. I've, d- I've done a lot of hard things, but mm. it's tough. It is tough. Yeah. I learned so much about myself. I became so much stronger, but uh, it's a really intense, it's capitalism on steroids, yeah. right? It's like all of these people uh, who work in New York and who can afford New York City strip clubs, they're intense. Do you have they're any- intense. They want your soul they because do. they've sold theirs mm. and they want yours. You know, and I don't want to say all everyone, but it's intense. And like sometimes, don't you just wish they were fucking sleeping? Yeah. Instead of trying to gnaw on your nipples. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Like if I could give someone ketamine to go have a nice nap <laughs> instead of chewing on my tits. Yeah. I As would Bethany do Frankel it. Bethany Frankel once said, "Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. Go yeah. To sleep. So." So look, like I, I, you know what? I love a movie about women doing bad things. Yes, me too. Because yeah. I am not a good person. <laughs> this is why we love nine to five. This is why we love first or, wives club. This yeah. is why we love. I mean, Coyote Lee, they they were like you know chaotic good. I feel they were they were well, doing good. I mean, honestly, I think it's just kind of like owning that. Like, are we all have shadow sides? We all do things. We all do bad things. Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month. No matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. For so long, we only got one of these movies, like, a decade. Yeah. Um, and in... in I think like other versions of them, the women were always punished. And that's one great thing about these films is that the women aren't punished yeah. for doing bad things mm-hmm. or for getting what they want. I think now we're at a place in media where stories that center women doing bad things, like we, there's like an embarrassment of riches. We have a lot of them mm-hmm. and the women don't have to be punished at the end of them. No, let us, le- let us like learn the lesson. Let us take the lesson and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I've got a new movie about strippers coming out in the fall. Oh, you my do? First film, my Are first... you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, I sure am. Yeah, it's my movie. I can do whatever the yes. fuck I want. I wrote, directed, executive produced, co-directed, and starred in my first film. It's called Tuesdays with Brian. <gasps> so excited. I had a character that I did a lot on Instagram a couple of years ago. So it stars Brian, played by me. <laughs> and it's a guy going to a strip club. It's just a regular Tuesday. All of those, all of that, just there's so much fodder in that. Yeah, honestly. and the whole cast and crew is predominantly people who are familiar with the industry have worked in it. Oh, amazing. So it's told by people who have done the work. And it's funny. I honestly think, I mean, in the array of, like, sex worker movies that I can think of, I feel like I have yet to see one that feels like sex workers had, like, played a a super meaningful part in, like, what was being made. Outside of Hustlers, I also think, like, Zola... I like, loved Zola. Like Zola, like that. Loved it. that I got kind such of, a crush on A24. Montage, yeah. Yeah. Was, like, so the, mm-hmm. the way they portrayed um, sex work as, like, I'm menial. just trying to work. Yes, menial. I'm just, like, like you're just trying to get the money and you have to deal with... All of yeah, that, yeah, like, like almost like, the, that's the sex work, no, the, bana- like funny the banality, awkward. the banality yeah. of sex yes. work. Yeah, you're like, I'm just trying to get twenty. Like people think that the dancing is what you get paid for when you're a stripper, mm. right? That it's like the twenty dollar lap dance. You're like, I had to spend ten minutes talking to this guy to convince him to buy one. Yeah, that's exactly. the work. The the three and a half minutes where I'm dancing is where I can just kind of move my body and breathe and just tune it out and just yeah. do my fucking shit. It is, it is a lot of it is very anticlimactic, and yeah. so much of yeah. sex work in my experience of it. Was waiting yeah um, and just kind of like getting uh, ready be, being on call yeah yeah, yeah getting ready waiting. i mean the getting, getting ready the getting, the getting <laughs> ready part, part the getting yeah. ready part <laughs> is fun sometimes yeah. the waiting is not mm-hmm. and then i always loved like the aftermath of like okay now i'm gonna order a burrito yes and just vibe it really helped me with valuing performance in art as as work because now as an artist I treat my creativity and my craft and my time and my body with the same care because it's really essential that I'm in good health, that my hands work, that my voice works, that my body is strong so that I can continue to do the things that I need to do to make a living. And that's really what stripping taught me. And that's how my performance as a comedian I know is enhanced 8,000 times because of my work on stage as a stripper and my ability to talk to people. And most importantly... My comfort with asking for money. Yeah. Because if you want to be an artist, you if you want to fall in love with art, you have to fall in love with asking for money all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 for I mean, it's I still ask for money. Like every single thing that I ha- do to make a living is eventually me asking for money. You're like money, yeah. please. Yeah. Know, occasionally, occasionally people will offer me money, but it's very much asking for it all the time. Yeah. And um it used to be revengeful, you know, man Haiti. I started stripping. I'm a survivor. I got into stripping and I uh, really hated men mm-hmm. and felt like that was a place where I could take my power back and get paid and be safe. And over many, many, many years, I've sort of like healed parts of that. And then money's a lot of things. Yeah. It's sexy. Yeah, it is sexy. I love cash. Undeniably. It's I sexy. Love I love um I love in First Wives Club when Goldie Hawn takes all of her ex-husband's possessions and then sells them at auction and gives him her cut of it, which is fifty a dollar. cents, yeah, 50 cents. or whatever fifty cents. Yes, iconic. Yes. The Lamborghini, the uh, Liechtenstein, yeah, 
Bette Midler is so good in that movie. Too. She is. She is. Goldie Hawn is all... so good in the that movie. Goldie Hawn is lips. great every day. That, every that day. is literally, I took that when I, the first time I got fillers, I took that photo with me and said, this is what I want. I want to look like When she's like in the chair, she's like, more. Uh, I want more. She is so, Goldie Hawn is one of the greats of our mm-hmm. lifetime. One yes, of the is. greatest comedic actresses. And I think she is not thought of in that way enough because i think like because she is like so beautiful and so glamorous but she is a comedic genius we were actually just talking recently about i i just saw a production of into the woods in new york the stephen sondheim musical Mm. and there was supposed to be a movie version of it with her and Cher and robin williams and i'm so sad that we were robbed of that and i wish she was Doing movies? Doing Still? movies. Wasn't the last movie she did that movie with Amy Schumer? Yeah, yeah Snatched. Ugh, my favorite of hers is The House Sitter. Oh, I've never, never seen, seen it. it. Oh, my God. What is it about? Oh, my God. Pitch it to us. Steve Martin. Ooh. Goldie Hawn. It's a squatting movie. She uh-huh. starts squatting in Steve Martin's house. Uh, what? And she's so hot in it. She wears her bodysuits and her jeans. Incredible. And she's just, like, being amazing. It, the, the premise is she meets Steve Martin at a bar. Or something, and and she finds, and he, and he, he, I don't know, and he has like a beautiful house. He's an architect, yeah. but he's like not living in it because I think he proposed to his girlfriend, and she was like, it was such a good scene. He builds this beautiful house for her, and oh he drives God, up in the convertible it. to this beautiful house, and he's presenting the house, and he's like, "Marry me!" And this bitch, I love her. She's like, "No." <laughs> So he's so bummed, right? He goes drinking and he's like drawing. Oh, my God. I relate so much to so many parts of this movie. He's like drawing on a cocktail napkin the house. And Goldie Hawn finds it and she finds the house and she just starts living in it because no one's there. And she's pretending that she's his new girlfriend. And, but he doesn't know because he's not there. Oh, my God. It's such a good movie. How it's really, It's such an inspiration. All three of them are like the are great. Like they are the, amazing. Like, well, I mean, actresses. Diane Keaton is amazing, but she's still like she, a Woody Allen apologist, yeah, she, she Yeah, she really has showed her <laughs> kind of how much she she sucks but like in recent Bet, years. I'm sorry if this, is, this anecdote is probably told to death, but like Bet. The fact that Bet used to like sing in like gay bathhouses. Gay bathhouses, yeah. Like, did you know yeah, that? No. She used to like, she like used to do before she was like famous, famous. Her agent would book her for like $300 to like sing songs at like gay bathhouses where there was like, you know, back when like, you know, gay sex was criminalized. This is where they, the orgies were. Oh my God, were I love show business. Like the dark rooms. Yes. I love so it. Amazing. I love the money you get to do weird shit. Yes. Because it's a gig. I'm like, I dance. Like, a gig's I've, a gig. A gig is a gig and they are not. Not all great, but they're all great stories. Could you imagine Bette Midler performing to a room full of while men you were in sucking towels? dicks? Yes, yes, yeah, that's yes. Insane. I, I, I'm sure there's plenty of gay men who still have sex while Bette Midler is in the room <laughs> yes. in some way or another. <laughs> well, you know, the Politician season two is yeah. on, is on. There's so many different ways to put on a show and share a story and be a great entertainer. And these are the stories we talk about 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah, you and can put on a show at your, um, you know, women's shelter at the yes. end of the, the yes. opening in gala power suits. <laughs> while while no one is there. Yeah, yes, no one is there. and it because it just feels so good to do it. You know? I'm just so happy that that film had the self awareness to put that scene at the end of yeah. them doing yes. a number. Yeah, yo, it's got to end in a dance finale. It has yeah. to end. Like, That's a great in the most celebratory yeah. way possible. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yes. I feel like that movie is now, like, a beloved, like, gay film. I think it's mm-hmm. a beloved, like, lesbian film. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of trans people love this film. And I think that, like, a lot of things that had mass appeal when it came out in the 90s have, like, accrued in value to where we are now. And I think, like, revenge and, like, powerful women, like, getting that revenge to kind of fuck the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing how much that message has, like, just become even more... Yeah, like, kind of resonant. It also passes the Bechdel test because, like, they start off talking about their husbands, yes. and then the real drama becomes their relationships with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's the scene where she throws the Golden Globe. I think oh, when they yeah. all when they all fight. And when Goldie Hawn says one of her best lines ever, I have feelings. I'm an actress. I have all of them. I have so all good. of them. Yeah. Um, and also, I you know, just like the. The zaniness of it when they're in the scaffold, the window yes. washing yeah. thing and it falls. Like, yes. that. 
I, they just don't make movies like this anymore. They don't. They no. literally don't. They, but we can't. Well, I'm gonna. So I'm. I'm moving into like much more serious filmmaking. So rest assured, I'm gonna be making way more femme buddy comedies. Yes, like, I want to make buddy comedies revenge um, plots. All the rich people listening, if you want to finance Queer Fast and the Furious, you can email me. Yes, because uh, I want to make a car movie about bitches. <gasps> That why that's does that hot. not exist? It's going, I'm making it. You're making yeah. it. That's why. That's and why. Don't tell me yeah. what to do. <laughs> that's right. And don't. Yeah. No. Tell me what to say. We are all, by the way, virgins. If you if you're trying to picture us in your minds, we're, we are mm-hmm. all wearing white power suits. Yeah, we, we, yes. just we did look amazing. Yes, yeah. we did. Um, and we are stomping away Sashing into, out of into the, the studio. night. What do y'all want to see us discuss next? Because honestly, we have no idea. Yeah, we, be- are, we are really <laughs> running low. It could be a book, a movie, uh, a cultural phenomenon, a, a, a person, mo- a moment of celebrity, something that was just very specifically interesting to you as a baby queer or, you know, cishet if you are out there. Um, you can call us to confess at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2623. But you can also leave suggestions as a review on Apple Podcasts, as a Instagram story, just like any way you want to reach us, you know, there are middling degrees of success. Yeah, there. and also <laughs> tag our burner Instagram account at like a virgin for 2069. Which is probably the best way to get to us, I feel. Yes, we do check the DMs. We do not always respond to them. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're always responding, but we will see. Um, I'm your co-host, Fran Tirado. You can find me at Fran Squishco wherever you want on social. I'm Rose Domu. You can find me at Rose Domu on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, farmers only. <laughs> farmers only. Um, what was the what's the Jewish dating app called? J Date. J Date. J Date. I am not on J Date, <laughs> unfortunately. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen and. Uh, Leave us a review, obviously. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter, the Phoebe Unter, with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Mickey Etor. Until next week, see you later, virgins. That was really fun, and everyone's tits look really great. Yeah! Okay, you better include that too, though, Phoebe. Wait, let's get a boob shot. <laughs> yeah, boob Phoebe. shot. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay, boobs. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.